0: Welcome to Illinois Family Spotlight, a conversation about issues of the day from a biblical perspective as well as highlights from interviews, conferences, and events. Here's Monty Larrick.
1: making Illinois Family Spotlight part of your day. For this edition, highlights from the news conference at the 2023 Black Conservative Summit in Tinley Park. During this segment, veteran civil rights leader Dr. Robert Woodson, the founder of the Woodson Center, will explain that America must deal with what he calls a moral and spiritual Freefall. And then former Ambassador Ken Blackwell will discuss the three books that had a great impact on his life. The former mayor of Cincinnati will also weigh in on black conservative unity.
2: I am a strong advocate of applying all values to new vision. And I think that the civil rights movement in America uh, uh, has been poorly served by the lack of debate within the black community as to the past and present. What really got us to this moment was the quality debate. You had the re- recolonizationists, the accommodationists, We had the Garvey movement, we had the public of New Africa. There was spirited debate in one sense, but that's missing today, but it's desperately needed. And so what the Woodson Center has done is uh, uh, giving voice to the 3,000 grassroots leaders in 39 states that are part of our network, these are the people directly suffering the consequence of the assault on American values. Uh, we believe that experience will always confront an argument and a witness is more powerful than an advocate. And so what we have done in our writings and in our work is demonstrate that the values that are under assault by the left are, are critical the values of family, faith, and country. This was a foundation upon which we were able to survive slavery and discrimination, and so what we have been doing is documenting this, but also giving voice. One quick example, 80% of blacks polled are against defunding the police. Mm-hmm. Only 60% of blacks do not believe racial discrimination is a principal barrier to their flourishing. But you would never know that. The reason that I, I'm here is because I think black conservatism I call it a radical pragmatism. <laughs> and what we try to do in our work is to prove that the values of this nation and the, that have sustained us is the foundation upon which thousands of people in the past have been able to engage in, in flourishing when we were denied access to in Chicago where we are today There were 731 black-owned businesses. We had millions and 100 million in real estate assets. In every town, you could do the same thing. If we were able to accomplish this in the presence of segregation and redlining, when our schools were successful, we had five major high schools in the turn of the century, used textbooks, crumbling buildings, half the budgets, and every one of them out-tested white schools. If we were able to accomplish, build hotels, railroads, colleges and universities and own in the Bronzeville section of Chicago that kind of real estate, why can't we do it today in cities that have been dominated by liberal black officials for the last 50 years? Obviously, the problem is not race. There's a moral and spiritual freefall that is consuming us and consuming every people, the highest form of suicide among teenagers in Silicon Valley is suicide. Yeah. It's six times the national average. In the urban centers, it's homicide. In Appalachian whites is prescription drugs. If we are to address this more critical problem, we must move beyond race and deal with this moral and spiritual freefall. And that's what we, I think we're committed to doing.
3: Ken Blackwell, a uh, native of Cincinnati, Ohio, uh, grew up in the public housing community of Cincinnati, the Laurel Homes. My dad, when he came back from World War II, he and his returning veterans faced segregation. For the early part of my childhood, we grew up in in public housing. Uh, But we saw it, uh, and my dad and my mom saw it, as transitional housing. They didn't see it as permanent housing. Uh, If I could start with what has brought me through 75 years, it is that uh, they instilled upon me three things. They were fond of saying that there were three books that we better be familiar with. My grandmother who was a housekeeper for four families uh, once told me when I was going off to the university Xavier on a football scholarship, she said, you know, I know uh, a woman who cleans the library at Xavier University and there are thousands (laughs) of books at Xavier University but we hope that we have in fact educated you and brought you up with a passion for three books. And she said, if in fact we have done our job, you will be able to conquer any of those thousands of books at Xavier University. And those three books, which we live by, were our date book, our checkbook, and the good book. The calendar, or the date book, told how you spent your time and with whom you spent it. The Checkbook talked about how you manage the resources, no matter how meager or abundant. And what Bob was telling you about uh, the way uh, folks uh, marshaled capital, took risks, built enterprises within our community, was, that was what it was all about, how folks managed and the stewardship that they put against the resources that they were able to amass. But more importantly, it was the good book. It, in fact taught you how to choose the path of conviction over the path of convenience. When we watch today as the march of relativism, this notion that there are no moral truths, no moral absolutes, Mm -hmm. uh, that grounding in biblical truth that um, my family was able to instill in all of us over generations really gave meaning and shape to my activism and my activity. I probably, when I was president of the Black Student Union at Xavier University, if somebody would have said Ken Blackwell was a conservative, they would have just start laughing. But if in fact you looked at what I was raised on, fundamentally understanding you know, the dignity of human life, fundamentally understanding that the family is the incubator of liberty, uh, and that all welfare states, totalitarian states, authoritarian states that I've visited, among the 63 countries that I've visited, what they knew then, was the family was the most basic unit of governance and that what made america unique not perfect but unique was that there had been a harness placed on government to make sure that there was an optimum individual liberty and responsibility in those other forms of government whether it's a welfare state or a totalitarian state government was the provider of rights and freedoms or at least that's what they promoted and so I've always understood that we have human agency, something that God has invested in us, and that we, in fact, can, we can affect the curve of history by being engaged. And so, when I was with SNCC, when I was with CORE, you know, the fact of the matter is, Bob will tell you, Chattanooga, Tennessee, or Clarksdale, Mississippi, what I was there doing was making sure that there was optimum individual freedom among all of God's people in the United States. I've been blessed. You know, I've been the mayor of my hometown. I've been the treasurer and secretary of state of my home state. You know, I have been a U.S. ambassador where I've in fact uh, been in charge of the human rights portfolio at the United Nations. I've lived a blessed life, but I haven't forgotten those basic books. That's who I am conservatism, an appreciation of life, family, freedom that's been in our DNA from the very beginning. And we, in fact, are are not copycats. We are originators of Action for Freedom.
1: One of the goals of this conference is to unite black conservatives. If that happens, at least on a small scale, how does that change America?
3: I think it's important when you talk about uniting conservatives. One of the things that I appreciate about conservatives is that conservatives are independent thinkers. And I think as long as uniting conservatives doesn't mean uniformity of thought, we are strong enough in our beliefs and our commitment to one another to engage in vigorous discussion and debate, to coalesce where we in fact have agreement, and to work through where we don't. Uh, so that we possibly can work towards agreement. People by human nature, as Walter Williams used to always tell me, can strive for homeostasis, equilibrium. People don't like to be off balance. Sometimes risk orientation means that you have to be off balance and you have to be willing to take that foot off of first base to break towards second with no guarantee that you're gonna steal that second base. History is move by people who, in fact, take the risk to change the direction of history. And that is, in fact, what has made us, when we have been on the top of our game, agents for change and investing in directing history. One of the things that goes back to the question, people, black, white, get hooked on government largesse. It's almost as hard to get off of government largesse as it is to get off of cocaine you know but you got to have the discipline to do it and you have to understand that god has invested in us human agency not government and so that's where we are showing up
1: dr robert woodson and former ambassador ken blackwell during the 2023 black conservative summit in tinley park after a timeout, remarks from broadcaster Larry Elder, Lieutenant Colonel Alan West, and actor Chad Jackson. The Illinois Family Institute's Nonpartisan Voter Guide is a reliable way to choose candidates in the March 19th primary who share your values. It's available online in English and Spanish at illinoisfamily.org. You can also order in bulk. Printed copies of the IFI voter guide at IllinoisFamily.org. IFI's David Smith.
4: The voter guide is going to be instrumental in helping voters understand where the candidates stand on the sanctity of human life, the rights of parents, and educational choice.
1: For free copies of IFI's nonpartisan voter guide, visit IllinoisFamily.org.
4: Hand them out to your family, friends, and you can even hand them out to church.
1: The IFI Voter Guide is online at IllinoisFamily.org and go to IllinoisFamily.org for printed copies of the IFI Voter
0: Guide. With a one minute look at culture from a Christian worldview, I'm John Stone Street with the point pro Hamas protesters on university campuses often display a profound ignorance of history and a propensity for conspiracy theories. For example, that the Jews are not indigenous to the land or even from the Middle East. Even more unsettling, however, is how many have been quick to repeat the terrorist mantra of, from the river to the sea, Palestine will be free. According to Berkeley professor Ron Hasner, a disturbingly high percentage of these students lack even basic knowledge about what this genocidal cry even means. They have no idea which river, which sea, or what that means for the Jews living in between. In response, First Things Rusty Reno wrote that what came to his mind are these words, quote, ignorance when it's voluntary is criminal and he may be properly charged with evil who refused to learn how he might prevent it and then Reno says all the more so when the ignorant take up chance that call for the annihilation of a nation for the Colson Center I'm John Stone Street with the point
1: thanks for joining Illinois family Spotlight we're featuring highlights from a news conference during the 2023. 2023- Black Conservative Summit in Tinley Park. The summit was organized by Dr. Eric Wallace, the co-founder of the Freedom's Journal Institute. During this segment, film producer, radio and TV host Larry Elder will advocate for strong mom and dad families in the black community. Lieutenant Colonel Alan West takes on Black Lives Matter and socialist policies and actor Chad Jackson talks about two critically acclaimed documentary films he stars in, Uncle Tom and Uncle Tom II.
5: Well, my name is Larry Elder, and I aspire to get into the point where I don't have to take any crap out of anybody. (laughs) Maybe someday I'll get there. Uh, I have been doing television and radio since uh, the mid-'80s, and I was born and raised in Los Angeles. My father uh, cleaned toilets when I was growing up. He had two full-time jobs cleaning toilets, and he cooked for a family on the weekend uh, to get, make additional money because he wanted my mom to be a stay at home mom. And he went to night school two or three nights a week to get his GED because he left home, uh, Athens, Georgia, at the age of 13 years old. My last name, Elder, is not the name of my dad's biological father. He never met him. Elder was a man who was in my dad's life the longest. He was irresponsible. He was physically abusive to my dad and to uh, my dad's mom. And one day at the age of 13, my dad comes home and starts quarreling with his mother's then-boyfriend. She sides with the boyfriend and throws my father out of the house, never to return. Athens, Georgia, Jim Crow South, at the beginning of the Great Depression. My dad took any job he could, ended up becoming a Pullman porter. They were the largest private employers of blacks in those days, and traveled all around the country, this little black boy from Georgia, and he came to a state called California once. And he was amazed at how sunny it was. People seemed to be less racist. And you could walk through the front door of a restaurant and get served. My dad made a mental note, maybe someday I'll relocate to California. Pearl Harbor, my dad joined the Marines. I once asked him why. Anybody who's in the military, Colonel, you know what I'm going to say. My dad gave two answers. He said, number one, they go where the action is. And number two, I love the uniforms. My dad gets out. And um, he was in charge of cooking for the colored soldiers, because as you know, the military was segregated in those days. And he goes back to Chattanooga, Tennessee. My dad could look at a cake and tell you what's in it. He wanted to get a job as a short order cook. And he walks around all day, and he's told we don't hire niggers. My dad goes to an unemployment office. Lady says, you went through the wrong door. My dad goes out to the hall, sees colored only, goes to that door to the very same lady who sent him out. My dad came home to my mother and said, this is nonsense. I'm going to L.A. I'm going to get me a job as a cook, and I will send for you. My dad comes out to L.A., walks around for a day and a half. I'm sorry, you have no references. My dad says, I need references to make ham and eggs. Goes to an unemployment office, this time just one door. Lady says, I have nothing. My dad says, what time do you open? She says, nine. What time do you close? He says, five. And he sat in a chair for a day and a half. She calls him up. She says, I have something. I'm not sure whether you're going to want it. My dad said, of course I'm going to want it. I'm going to start a family. What is it? She says, a job with Nabisco brand bread cleaning toilets. My dad did that for 10 years, took a second job at another bread company called Barber and Bread, Uh, did that for 10 years, and as I said, cooked for a family and went to night school. The man never slept, which is why he was always so grouchy. And my dad, though, always told my two brothers and me the following. My dad was a lifelong Republican, and he had a problem with Democrats. He said, Democrats want to give you something for nothing. And when you try to get something for nothing, you almost always end up getting nothing for something. And my dad told my brothers and me, hard work wins. You get out of life what you put into it. You cannot control the outcome, but you are 100% in control of the effort. And before you moan or groan or whine about what somebody did to you or said to you, go to the nearest mirror, look at it, and say to yourself, what could I have done to change the outcome? And finally, my dad said this, no matter how hard you work, how good you are, sooner or later, bad things are going to happen to you. How you address those bad things will tell your mother and me if we raised a man. I ran for governor's California. And my most contentious interview was a virtual interview I had with about six or eight black pastors. And everything was going reasonably well until I told them that the number one problem facing the black community was not systemic racism, not police brutality, but the large number of kids who enter the world without a father in the home married to the mother. And instead of them supporting me, saying hallelujah, they jumped all over me. And I said, You are the problem. You are opinion shapers. You are role models in the community, and you are ignoring the 10,000 pound elephant in the room, which is the large number of kids who entered the world without a father married to the mother. Barack Obama once said, a kid raised without a father is five times more likely to be poor and commit crime, nine times more likely to drop out of school, and 20 times more likely to end up in jail. Now, the question you all ought to be asking is, how do we go from having 25 percent of black kids entering the world without a father in the home married to the mother in 1965 to today? You can't tell me today is more racist than it was back in 65. What we've done with our welfare state is we've incentivized women to marry the government. We've incentivized men to abandon their financial and moral responsibility, and we should be addressing that issue. And that is why I am here. I've known Bob for 30 years, and uh, Colonel West was in my movie that I executive produced, and Chad Jackson starred in it. That's why I'm here, because that is the number one problem. Virtually everything else we talk about, whether it's bad schools, and Lord knows we have them, we need school choice, whether it's crime, it all starts from the breakdown of the family. I dare say, if you interview the kids that were out in the streets during the George Floyd or BLM riots of, of 2020 and ask them if they had a father in the home, the black ones, I bet you almost all of them will say they did not. Let me just end with one quick thing. There's a book by James Robeson called My Father's Face, and it's about Father listened to him. And he talks in the book about a prison chaplain who wanted to improve the morale of the prison. So he goes to one of the major greeting card companies and gets 500 greeting cards from Mother's Day. And they thought it'd be a good PR campaign, so they gave them to him for free. So he handed them all out to the um, to the men in the prison and morale did in fact improve. Father's Day rolled around. I think you know where I'm going with this story. They went to the same place, got 500 cards for Father's Day Not a single inmate wanted to send one to his father, not one. It is far and away the biggest problem facing this country. And our side, meaning the conservative side, Republican side, or whatever side you're on, we do not talk enough about it. Lieutenant Colonel Allen West, also former member of
6: the 112th United States Congress, and uh, currently the executive director for the American Constitutional Rights Union. Why am I here? It's very simple. You know, I took an oath to support and defend the Constitution of the United States of America. And that was the oath that my dad took. He served in World War II. My older brother took. He served in Vietnam. And the oath that my nephew took. And he's about to take command of an artillery battalion, just like his old uncle did 21 years ago. Uh, This country is near and dear to my heart. And when I think about what all these gentlemen have talked about, this is about fundamentals. When you're on a battlefield, there are certain fundamentals that you have to execute if you want to have victory. And we've gotten so far away from the fundamentals of the United States of America and also in the black community. We've talked about faith and family and freedom. That's where it really comes from. And we have allowed certain people and certain voices to dictate the narrative and to undermine those critical aspects and foundations of what was really a strong and venerable community because it was based on faith and family, and therefore we had our freedom. We had our economic freedom. We had our independence, but now we have come completely economic dependent. Why do I think that it's a great thing that this... Uh, black Conservative Summit is right here in Chicago because every single one of the ills that you see in the black community are right here in this city in Chicago. And I find it hard to believe because this was a city that was founded by a black Frenchman, Jean-Baptiste Point du Sable. And we don't even have kids, I think, to know that but they know all of these other crazy things that are out there. When I hear about this Black Lives Matter, what what does an organization that was founded by about Marxists have to do with the black community? And furthermore, we should be asking, which Black Lives Matter? Because the Black Lives that are out there without fathers, they don't seem to matter. The black lives, what, 25 million or so that have been murdered in the womb since Roe v. Wade, 1973, Margaret Sanger, they don't seem to matter. The lack of small business entrepreneurship, that doesn't seem to matter. All of these things. And so we have got to take the narrative back. And one of the things I love about being a a paratrooper is that we go in behind enemy lines. And I think we have a reticence and recalcitrance of doing that. But I think we need to rotate this around every major urban population center in the United States of America where you see the failure of the progressive socialist leftist policies. Now, the other thing that is about crumbling our foundation, I once stood up against the very ideology that I see overtaking my country. Marxism, socialism, communism, statism. And here it is in the United States of America. I would have never thought that. And I'm just 62 years of age. But here it is. And all because we have so many people in our community, and especially our pastors, who are refusing to stand up and say this, when, when I see a Black Lives Matter flag on a church, really? When I see a rainbow flag on a church, I mean, come on. Once upon a time, the rainbow represented the covenant that God made with Noah to say that we were never again going to destroy this earth by water. But now we have allowed a certain group of people to take that symbol of God's covenant and use it for their own secular humanist uh, agenda. And so we have got to get back to standing up and fighting for our fundamental principles and values, our foundations, and that's why I'm here, and that's why I'm honored to continue on. But the most important thing is that I've got to pass the torch of liberty and freedom onto subsequent generations, or else we will lose the greatest nation. And as we say in the military, the strength of a unit is only as strong as its weakest element. And so if the black community continues to be weak, the United States of America will be weak. So we need a strong black community, and I think when you have a strong black community, you're going to have a strong America. So thank you.
1: Actor Chad Jackson.
4: I'm grateful to be at this table with such a distinguished group of gentlemen. My route to this table is a bit unconventional. Uh, I didn't come through the colleges and universities. I came through the trades and just independent research. I glean wisdom and knowledge from these men here especially Mr. Bob Woodson and his resource and the information that's there. I remember coming across a video with a, uh, a filmmaker. They were going over the 60s and how did the 60s shape America? And Woodson talked about with regard to this difference between desegregation and integration. And I've never heard somebody take something so complex and make it so palatable. And this is a kind of spirited debate that's simply not had. Uh, even amongst black conservatives. And so what we sought to do uh, with Uncle Tom, too, is to talk about some of these ideas and concepts that are seldom talked about, these notions that are shared by people both on the right and the left, these narratives that are just based in falsehood versus reality. I thank uh, executive producer Larry Elder and, you know, those who were in the film, Alan West, and then Bob Woodson, who was in part one. It was a collaborative project, and it was a labor of love. We didn't think America was ready for it, but to our surprise, our pleasant surprise, it was well-received. People have learned a lot from it, and people are actually utilizing it as part of their homeschool curriculum. Uh, I, myself, have four children, two boys and two girls, all of which are homeschooled. We're teaching them through the classical uh, model. We're teaching them and setting a foundation of biblical principles and teaching them how to be critical thinkers and not to take things at face value, not to take a narrative that is meant to, uh, in a sense, send us down a trajectory of just complete unravel. You know, Benjamin Franklin said that, we have a republic if we can keep it. And unfortunately, we have done a very poor job here lately of keeping our republic. I want to raise children that will keep the republic, that will understand the importance of the Bible and of the Constitution, that won't get caught up in intersectionality, believing that they are a victim. Uncle Tom 2 is a challenging film, but again, it's part of this much-needed debate that desperately needs to be had. So I'm grateful once again to be here at the Black Conservative Summit representing Uncle Tom 2 and Uncle Tom 3, which is coming within the next two years. Or so,
1: Broadcaster Larry Elder, Lieutenant Colonel Allen West, and actor Chad Jackson from a news conference during the 2023 Black Conservative Summit in Tinley Park. Our thanks to Dr. Eric Wallace and the Freedoms Journal Institute for holding the summit and for allowing Spotlight to record the news conference. Join author Nancy Piercy and other special guests during the Illinois Family Institute's 2024 Recovering Biblical Manhood Worldview Conference Saturday, March 2nd at the Village Church of Barrington. For more information and if you'd like to attend, click events at IllinoisFamily.org or call... 708-781-9328. Click events at IllinoisFamily.org or call 708-781-9328. We would love to see you there. Please support the work of the Illinois Family Institute. All donations are tax deductible. Keep IFI in your prayers and tell your family and friends about Illinois Family Spotlight. Until next time, stay healthy, stay active, and God bless.
0: For more information about Illinois Family Spotlight, visit ifiaction.org. And to email questions and comments, do so at feedback@ifiaction.org. at